Well, there was this uh, minister, and occasionally ministers will go to what you call pastor's conferences and whatnot, and this particular minister did go to a pastor's conference, and there were a lot of high-powered speakers uh, speaking. And one of the speakers started off his uh, talk this way. He said, the best years of my life were spent in the arms of a woman that was not my wife. And you could just, just like you, there was just kind of silence. <laughs> and uh, after several seconds, then the speaker said, and that woman was my mother. And everybody kind of clapped and they kind of cheered and, you know, and whatnot. And this minister who, you know, he was kind of humor challenged and uh, humor impaired. He, he didn't use humor in his messages and whatnot. He goes, wow, that went over pretty well. It didn't go over so well with you guys, but it went pretty well, you know, with the other audience. And, and uh, he said, you know, I think I'm going to incorporate that into my message. So all week long, he's just practicing this joke. And if you don't know, if, if, you know, doing humor is kind of difficult. You've got to deliver the punchline, actually, right? But anyhow, so um, he's practicing, practicing. S- Sunday comes, and, you know, it's t- time for the message. He walks up to the podium. I mean, he's still rehearsing, you know, the, the, the joke in his mind. And he gets up to the podium, and, and, he, and he says, the best years of my life were spent in the arms of another woman who was not my wife. And the congregation just gasped because, I mean, this guy never tells jokes, you know? And, and so they're, they're just kind of freaking out. Several seconds pass by, and the pastor blanks. I mean, you ever done that? I mean, he, he can't remember the line. And finally, he blurts out, and he says, and for the life of me, I can't remember who she was. <laughs> kind of ended the Sunday morning message for him, you know? That would be a quick message. Well, this morning... We're going to continue our study in the book of Proverbs, and we're going to talk about our mouths. Ouch. (laughs) Words. Our tongues. And a lot of times our mouths and our tongues can't get us in trouble, and I've entitled the message this morning, It Was My Mouth. It Was My Mouth. Lord, I just thank you for humor, and I believe these next several weeks are going to be important as we talk about words, our tongues. And just the power contained therein. And so I just thank you for this opportunity to just uh, look at your word. I ask always that you would fill me and I would truly speak your words. I thank you for each and every person here that came out. I believe you drew them, Lord. And I just ask that you would give each one of us soft hearts to receive and ears to hear. Your truth can set us free. And I pray that as we just begin to broach this topic. I'm sure there'll be conviction, but I want us to see what great power the Lord's given us with our words and our tongues. And I just ask for this in your precious name. Amen. This morning, as we start kind of this mini-series off, we're going to see that our words indeed have power and much power. Sadly, though, If we're honest and we just start this off, we have to admit that our mouths and our tongues too often get us in trouble. I know that's true for myself. In fact, there's many things that I regret that I have said, or at least how that I've said them. You know, tombstones actually can be quite revealing. Uh, Take Ann Smith, for example. On her tombstone is written this. Good friends, go softly in your walking, lest she should wake and rise up talking. Arabella Young had this written on her tombstone. Beneath this stone, a lump of clay, lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. 
Obviously, these women had trouble with their mouths. They had trouble with their tongues that only death could solve. Hopefully, that won't be the case with each of us. It takes death. Actually, though, my favorite one is uh, in Colorado. There's a small town called Cripple Creek, Colorado. And in this small town, there's just one graveyard. And on the tombstone, at least on one of the tombstones, it is written, he called Bill Smith a liar. That's it. Apparently, that's the last thing he said, too. I don't know. King Solomon had a lot to say about our words, about our tongues. In fact, tongue, mouth, lips, words, is found over 150 times in the book of Proverbs. That's an average of five times per chapter. Obviously, our mouths matter to God. Perhaps a really good place to start would be Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 27, where King Solomon writes this. A truly wise person uses few words. A truly wise person uses few words. Abraham Lincoln, Skip, can you put up this picture? He's, of course, the 16th president of the United States, and Lincoln had a lot of one-liners. And Lincoln was fond of saying this, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Now, obviously, Lincoln was familiar. He, he actually did read the Bible. He was familiar with Proverbs 17 and verse 28, where it says this. Skip, can you put it up? Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 28. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. You know, as I was thinking about that, it's almost as if Solomon is kind of giving us an idiot index all right? And, and now this is somewhat unscientific, but it has been noted that the average person has about 300 conversations per week. And let's say in those 300 conversations, you make five stupid remarks. So your ratio or your idiot index would be 300 to five, all right? Now let's say you want to increase your wisdom index. That means you would have to decrease your idiot index. And what that means is, is that you would have to have less conversations per week. So here's the beauty of this system, all right? So let's say next week, starting on Monday, you decide instead of having 300 conversations, you will just have 200 conversations. If you only have 200 conversations, then, you know, your stupid remarks will be reduced to about three that week. And if you only have 60 conversations next week, you'll only make one stupid remark. And if you have 59 or fewer conversations next week, you won't be stupid at all. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, that's the beauty of of, of that system. Now, obviously, the logic is a little flawed here. But wisdom is clear. When in doubt, shut up. That's what he's saying. When in doubt, shut up. I like what one preacher said. He said, the jawbone of an ass is just as dangerous a weapon today as it was in Samson's day when he slew 1,000 Philistines. Some of you might need to ponder that for a moment. You'll catch it. The reality is, I want you to understand, though, is our words, your words, my words have power. In fact, King Solomon wrote this in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. I think it was Plato, and Plato once asked his servant to provide the best dish possible, and that evening he prepared a dish of tongue. And the servant said this to Plato, it is the best of all dishes because with it we may bless and communicate happiness, dispel sorrow, remove despair, cheer the faint-hearted, inspire the discouraged, and say other things to uplift mankind. 
And then Plato said to his servant, I now want you to provide the worst dish that you can think of. And that evening, a dish of tongue appeared on the dinner table. And the servant said this to Plato, it is the worst because with it we may curse and break human hearts, destroy reputations, promote discord and strife, and set families, communities, and nations at war with each other. Now, that's a pretty smart servant. You know, not too long ago, uh, an unscientific survey was taken. Over 100 people were asked this question. If you could go back 20 years or 15 years or even 10 years in your life, what single event would you want to change? What single event would you want to change? And, you know, initially when these people were asked this question, they began to think of a lot of events that they would like to change. But as they really thought about the question, almost all of them could uh, think of vividly one or two events in their mind. And, and, and what they pictured in their mind was a time. Now listen, is a time, it involved something that they said that was hurtful and wounded someone they deeply loved and cared about. And ultimately, because of what they said, it destroyed and ruined that relationship and that friendship. Words are extremely powerful. They're they're powerful for the positive or the negative. Are they just words? Are words really just words? You know, there's an old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And I remember saying that as a kid. I bet you do too. And you know what the truth was? It hurt. Those words hurt. In fact, here's the real truth. Here's reality. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words create or destroy. You know, I love Genesis chapter 1, and one of the reasons why I love Genesis chapter 1 is there's a kind of cadence. There's a kind of rhythmic flow. It suddenly begins in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, and God said, and God spoke. He said, let there be light, and there was light. And then in verse 6, God said, he spoke, let there be water, and water just covered the earth. And then in verse 9, God said, he spoke, let there be land, and land suddenly appeared on the earth. And then verse 11, God said, he spoke, let there be plants and vegetation, and plants and vegetation began sprouting all over the earth. And then in verse 14, God said, he spoke, let there be stars, lights in the sky, in the heavens, and the night skies began to just be dotted with lights. In verse 20, God said, he spoke, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures, and the oceans and the lakes, they began just filled with all kinds of aquatic life. And then in verse 24, God said, he spoke, let there be cattle, all kinds of creeping creatures crawling on the earth. And the earth began to be filled with all kinds of animals just roaming the land. And finally, in verse 26, God said, God spoke, let us make man in our image. And there on the earth, humanity and human beings appeared on the earth for the first time. You know, you see a clear pattern. God speaks and life emerges. God speaks and it happens. Now, I know some of you are thinking, you know, Pastor, are you saying that if I think something in my mind and then I speak it forth, voila, it's just going to appear? You know, in other words, if I say, if I think in my mind Maserati and I speak forth Maserati, poof, 
Maserati appears. Wouldn't that be fantastic if we could do that? You know, and the reality is, and I, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of false teaching on television. I mean, there, there, there are people that actually tell you, you know, if you think something, all right, and, and you really begin to have faith and believe it, and then you speak forth in faith, the thing will manifest ex nihilo out of nothing. I want you to know that's just gobbledygook. That's wrong. It's not true. Only God has the power to create. It kind of reminds me of the old joke where God was just sitting in heaven one day and there was this scientist on earth and he was angry and he raised his fist up at God and he cried out, God, we don't need you anymore. Science has finally figured out a way to create life. We can do what you did in the beginning. And God, somewhat amused, said, is that really so? Well, yes, the scientist said rather excitedly. We can take dirt like you. We can form it. We can fashion it. And then we can breathe life into it. And God said, well, that's really interesting. Let's see you do it. And the scientist, he bent down and he scooped up some dirt. And God said, no, 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 no. Get your own dirt. You see, only, no, no, this is, this is important. Only God can create ex nihilo. Only God can think something, speak it forth, and it manifests. Mankind, on the other hand, he can only take what is here. He might be able to take one, two, three, four different things. He might be able to put them in different combinations and, and invent something new. But only God can create. Man can only invent. Big, big difference. But I do want to say this now. Because you and I are created in the image of God, our words do carry power. No, no, make no mistake. Our words carry power to give life or death to the human soul. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. I, I, I just want to say it again. Solomon cries out. Solomon cries out. And he says, there's life and there, just think about this. There's death in your tongue and in my tongue. Our tongues can literally kill Do you know, not too long ago, a woman in Los Angeles took her own life. She left a suicide note. Her suicide note simply read, they said, they said. Vince Foster. Skip, can you put up the picture? You might remember Vince Foster. Vince Foster was actually the deputy White House counsel to then-President Bill Clinton. His death has been shrouded somewhat. In mystery. The official ruling is that he died by his own hands. The official ruling is that he took a gun, one single bullet, and he blew his brains out. A week or so, though, well, here's what's the interesting thing to me about the Vince Foster story. A week or so before his death, he visited his sister, and he told his sister that he was very depressed. In fact, one day, One single day before his death, he had actually sought out professional treatment. The real question is this. Why was Vince Foster depressed? Well, we don't have to guess because he too left a suicide note. And at the end of the suicide note, he wrote this. He said, here, meaning Washington, D.C., here, ruining people is considered sport. How sad. How sad. Solomon cries out, death lies in the power of the tongue. How many are in the process here just this morning of of killing their own soul, destroying their own soul by what we think or what we actually speak out? I mean, how many of us have thought or said things like this? I am worthless. 
I have no value. I am unlovable. I cannot be used. All hope is gone. Why would anyone want me? I have no talent. I have nothing to offer. I could go on. But, you know, make no mistake, you know, when you say words like this in your mind, or you allow Satan to invade your mind, or you speak words like this forth, do you know that you are actually impacting your life? You are in the process of destroying your soul. In fact, it's kind of interesting. Science has actually literally proven that when we say negative things like that, like, you're an idiot, Frank, you're stupid, I actually begin to affect the chemistry of my brain. I create negative emotions. And you know, when you do this, you just suck the life out of your soul. And so many of us, I mean, we're, we're just, it's just too easy for Satan. We, 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 we say these negative things that we hear. Satan whispers in your ear, look at you, you, you fail. You're a failure. And we'll say it out, I'm a failure. Do you understand? It creates negative emotions. It affects your brain chemistry. And it just sucks the life out of you. And what happens? Do you know that the vast majority of people, the vast majority of people really don't like themselves? The vast majority of people are kind of miserable on the inside. Do you know why? Because they have envy. They're bitter and they're just angry. They're just angry. And what happens? You just think about it in your own life. When you don't feel good about you, when you're just kind of angry, when you're envious, what do you do? What comes out of your mouth? I'll tell you what comes out of my mouth. Susan's the recipient of it. I just said, I'm giving you reality, baby. Just telling it like it is. And how, how destructive that is when we do that. In fact, the Hebrew prophet Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 8, he said this, he goes, their tongue, and he's speaking of the wicked. He's speaking of those people, you know, you're either filled with the Holy Spirit, you're either moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, or you're moving in the flesh. And listen to what Jeremiah says. He says, their tongue is a deadly arrow. Their tongue is a deadly arrow. Why didn't Jeremiah say their tongue is a sword? A sword is sharp. Why didn't he say their tongue is like a sword? I'll tell you why. Because you can take a sword out. You can't take an arrow out. Have you ever been wounded by someone's poison arrows? Have you ever been wounded by something someone has said to you? Sure you have. We've all you know, just felt the sting of someone's poisoned arrows. But you know what's even sadder? Every single one of us in this room, every single one of us in this room have wounded a loved one, we've wounded a friend, we've wounded a neighbor or a coworker with our poisoned arrows. And when we do that, we're in the process of killing their soul. And you know what? You can never take those words back, ever. You can never take those words back. Well, we're kind of running out of time. I just want to say, this is just kind of the opening salvo. I really want to talk about words. I want to talk about our mouths. I want to talk about our tongues because they can either bring such life or death. But here's the challenge. The challenge comes from Jesus himself. Jesus said this in Matthew in chapter 12. But I tell you 
that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Just let that sink in. I tell you that every person will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Those words scare me spitless. They ought to terrify you. Because God said, I've given you great power with your mouth, with your tongue. You can create life in a person or you can create death. You know, I was reading uh, this past week about, you know, I'm not a techie, but there are all kinds of apps out there. And there's a thing called the Wiper Messenger. Anybody know that app? Raise your hand and incriminate yourself. Go ahead. No, okay. But it's called the Wiper Messenger app. And what this is, it's a great app, apparently, because it kind of gives you a, a worry-free ability to communicate, to send text, to send pictures, and not feel guilty. But let's say you send a message to someone. Let's say you send a text to someone. Let's say you send a picture to someone that's kind of embarrassing, something that you would want to take back. You ever done that? You ever send a text? Boy, you guys are quiet. Man, man, the conviction in here is, is amazing. You ever sent a picture? Ever sent a picture that you want to take back? Well, no problem with this app. You just pop up the picture, you pop up the text, you hit wipe, poof, it's gone. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Now, you know what the problem is? The problem is there's no heavenly wiper app. There's no heavenly wiper messenger. In fact, there is what we call the omniscient messenger. You know what that is? The heavenly omniscient member is God saying, I can remember every stupid thing that you said. I can remember everything that you did. I can remember everything that you sent. There is no boom button that hits wipe. Can you imagine, just think in your mind right now, think about just some conversations maybe you had this morning. Would you like to pull any of those back? How about to your spouse, your, your kids? How about to a coworker? Any words, any conversations that you would just love to be able to take back? Well, you know what? There is good news. There actually, I kind of lied to you. There is a heavenly wiper messenger. You know what it is? Anybody know what it is? Well, so you're not sure. Jesus? Jesus? I think it's Jesus. Cheapers. Man. Actually, it's the blood of Jesus. I love to sing it. Remember, what can wipe away my sin? What can wash away my sin, your sin, your words, your deeds? Isn't that amazing how something red can make something white? Have you ever wondered that? How can something red make something white? Because it says in 1 John 1 night, if we confess our sin, if we confess our sin, he is faithful, faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us 
of all unrighteousness. Isn't that beautiful? So I'm going here's to, here, here's the real challenge this morning. First, confess to God because he can wipe away. It says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sin from you. Isn't that beautiful? In other words, when I die and everything that I confess, this is why it's important. I do believe every Christian will face judgment called the beam of seed of Christ. And you know what? If you confess your sin now and allow Jesus to wipe it clean, then when you stand before Jesus, say, you know, Jesus, I just am broken about what I said to Susan the other day. Jesus is going to go, I don't know what you're talking about. I wiped that away. You confess that. Wouldn't that be beautiful? That's what, he's, that's what that's saying. He said, I'm not going to remember. As far as the east is from the west, I'm going to remove. So repent now. Confess now and allow the blood of Jesus to cover it. But that doesn't end it. You know, one of the great mistakes we do when we mess up is we don't go to the person that we hurt. No, and see, you haven't really repented when you can go to that person. I have people tell me all the time, is, why are you acting such a way about so-and-so? And, and they, 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 they've repented. I said, no, they haven't. I said, if they repented, they would actually come back and they would say, hey, would you please forgive me to the person they offended or the person that they offended? Don't tell me that you honestly repented and then you didn't go make it right with the person. One of the great stories in the Bible is who? Zacchaeus. Wee little Zacchaeus. What's so great about Zacchaeus? He's a tax collector. He's mafia. But he repents. And how do we know Zacchaeus repented? He said, I'm going to pay back, you know, four times, he said, the people that I've ripped off. Now, that's repentance. See, that's repentance. So, there is a wiper app going to God. Do that. But, you know, I know, I've been here 23 years. There's people in here that offended one another. I, I pray to God we do not get Satan any more a foothold in here. We just say, would you please forgive me? If we've offended one another, sometimes we don't even know it. Then we have a responsibility. Did you know to go to that person and say, you know, you hurt me? You offended me? And see, beautiful things begin to happen. So please consider that. The other thing I want us to consider, finally, is just our words. This week, I want you to really begin to think about your words, the words that you speak. Remember I gave you the acronym THINK? Remember that? So let's just practice that this week. Remember the T. The T is, is it truthful? I also like to say, is it thankful? You know, we are, I, I'll just speak for me, I am so thankless. So often, I mean, I just get up and, and I just whine. It's a horrible way to start the morning off, by the way. It is a horrible way just to get up in the morning and you begin whining. And the Holy Spirit, thank goodness, hits me upside the head and says, knock it off. I challenge you, just begin the tea, make the tea thankful. Instead of even truthful, just thankful, just begin thanking God. No, just all of a sudden, darkness is dispelled, light begins to flood into your soul, and it really changes your life. 
just by being thankful. Even now, just practice it. Some of you came in here and you're, you're discouraged and you're depressed and whatnot. And let me tell you, there's nothing more difficult when you're depressed and discouraged to just start thanking. You go, what do I have to be thankful for? No, we, I, I, what, what, you know, look at, look at what they got. I don't have that. And we just go down a dark hole. T, thankful. Just start being thankful. And then if you're going to speak, is it truthful? H. Is it helpful? A lot of times something can be truthful, but it's not really helpful. I, is it inspirational? Is it going to be somehow motivate a person to do something better, you know, to better themselves, to improve themselves? I, is it inspirational? N, I love this one. Necessary. Now, I have to admit, you know, I, I, I know my, my name is technically St. Frank. What are you laughing at? It says it right there in the book of Ephesians to all the saints. I'm under the blood of Jesus. I just don't act like a saint always. And, and so I love my wife. God bless her. You know, remember women speak about 20,000 words. It's going to be hard for the ladies now, the end. Is it necessary? <laughs> See, the guys, they, we have a huge advantage here. 8,000 for the average guy. Big difference. You know, and, and, and Susan, and I love her, she'll just, and I'll just go, is this necessary? Now, that's not a, probably a good thing to do, guys. <laughs> just a word of wisdom on that. But, no, just think about how, no, really, think about the number of conversations that would be cut down if we just followed the end. Is it necessary? It's not. A lot of stuff we speak really isn't necessary. And finally, K, is it kind? And see, that's where I fail a lot. Susan's the necessary part, and I'm, I'm the kind part. And it's amazing. Just begin to think of, just using that acronym. Just start this week thinking about your words. You've been given, I've been given the power of life or death in my words, in my tongue. Father, I don't think there's any more important topic than this one for certain. As I get older, I am amazed at how one word, just saying thank thank you to someone, changes things. Just saying you look beautiful today changes a person's outlook. Just saying what you did made a difference in my life. It's amazing how just a few words can turn someone's life around. We have the power of life or the power of death in our words. I pray that we will truly begin to bring life individually and as a congregation. And I ask for this in your precious name. Amen. Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit 
that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website at www.bccdelmar.org. There you'll be able to find our statement of faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bccdelmar.org. Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making Him known.